in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Bubble Andy. Hey, <laughs> Art Bunkers. Good to be back. Good to see you. Good to say and see you? See you. See you. I mean, Bunkfunkers, we got to address it right at the top here. We'll expand on it a little bit later. We are yeah. back in the bunker. Here we are. It's been about seven, eight, nine, at least three years. Three. Four years, yeah. Uh, <laughs> since we were, be- well, but we're back. We're um, back. You know, we're uh, we've taken uh, COVID safety precautions, the highest precautions. Uh, I am wearing a mask and a loincloth only, yes. and uh, I am in a protective bubble. That's right uh, to segregate me from the rest of the world. And now, Andy, you could say that between us, betwixt us, yeah. There is a bit of a uh, a ley line of over eight feet of space. Would you say that? Wow! Yeah, I guess I I guess I would. I would say that we're straight directly from each other. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. To be determined. Well, that's what we're gonna figure out on today's uh, episode. It's it's ley lines. So for all you spiritualists out there, for all of you uh, linear lovers, your lay people, <laughs> I think you're gonna love this one. And this one came to us. From uh, uh, one of our very own bunk funkers, Rupert. Rupert. I don't know if Rupert's uh, Australian, but we're, gonna rip ass- it. we're just going to assume it. Rupert. <laughs> Thank you, Rupert. Thank you, Rupert. Uh, you're a lovely Rupert. <laughs> um, uh, Rupert sent this via Instagram at Mr. Bunkerpod on Instagram if you would like to send us. A topic just like Rupert did. Yeah. You can email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. Thank you, Rupert. Rupert, great job. Great topic. If you want to get right to when all the research for this lovely, lovely topic starts, I mean, you can take you can take a ley line. You can take a straight and narrow linear path, Andy, right to when the research starts. Jump in a wormhole. Jump in a wormhole. A straight and narrow wormhole. <laughs> and uh, and and you can look in the show notes. You can look in the show description, the episode show notes, and you'll find a timestamp. Now, this timestamp, you follow it. You scrub ahead on your audio playing device. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go right to when the research starts. It's gonna be great. Look, the timestamp is like a ring of stones on the landscape of <laughs> your podcast app. That's right. Uh, and all you have to do is interpret that uh, to allow you to jump forward to the place where the research begins. So you can avoid further inanities such as this. Inanities. Inanities. 
in and Andes. In, uh, yeah. Well, first, Andy, uh, listen, we're you know, you could skip ahead to the research if you <laughs> want, but you're going to miss out on Andy and I talking about how we're back in the fucking bunker. <laughs> Let's yeah. set the scene here a little bit, Andy. You are quarantined in a literal bubble. I'm in a bubble. <laughs> Mr. Bunker put you in a literal bubble in the fucking bunker. Right. You are seated on the open-faced toilet near the mm-hmm. kitchenette. Meanwhile, I have the rest of the bunker to myself. I have the bunk tech mm-hmm. station mm-hmm. where we record. I've got the bunk tech couch. I've got the bunk tech TV to myself. I mean, the bunk tech kitchenette, the fridge, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the other areas, the the air processing area mm-hmm. of the bunker, and you are <laughs> quarantined in a four foot by four foot room bubble. Yeah, I. This was my choice <laughs> because I know. Um, that often in the bunker, look, I, you know, I get diarrhea a lot. If I need to get to the open face toilet and somebody's already in here, I can't social distance, but I also can't wait. And before I would have just diarrhea through the legs of whoever was already using the open face toilet, but I can't do that anymore. So I've secluded myself on the open face toilet. I'm in a protective bubble. The bubble is surrounding the toilet, mm-hmm. so I can't leave the toilet the whole That's time right. I'm here without breaking the bubble. Um, and it feels great. Yeah, I mean, you've got water you can drink from the top bowl of the mm-hmm. toilet. Yeah, it's clean. You've got uh, pretty much everything else you need. Yeah, I brought snacks. Uh, I got a I got a family sized bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, uh, and uh, you know, sixteen boxes of snow caps. <laughs> What a treat. You're fucking set for life. Yeah, yeah. Um, What a mystery my diarrhea is. (laughs) My chronic diarrhea. What a mystery. We might have to fucking call up the mystery team, (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Can we give it up for them? Solving mysteries since the fucking early 60s or whenever they were aired? Yeah. I mean, come on. Can we give it up for Scooby-Doo, Fred, yeah. Velma, Daphne, Shaggy, and the whole gang? Scrappy, even. Scrappy and that do. dumb dog. Who's that dumb one? The dumb? Scooby? No, it's like Scooby's other cousin is like kind of a hillbilly oh, sort of dog. Oh, the Scooby version? Hick, Hick Scooby-Doo. Hick Scooby? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Well, we all need dog. to read up on our Scooby lore because, yeah. I mean, really, we got to give it up for them. They've been sleuths, and they've been eternal teenagers, obviously, they have found whatever was in Tuck Everlasting and right. they're eternal teenagers. Yeah. They're all very sexy. I mean, they're all very attractive. They're mm-hmm. all still, you know, they're they're hot young teens. Mm-hmm. And even Scooby. Scooby, he's, uh, you know, a teenage dog uh, hung like a dog. Yeah. And it's sexy. It's hot stuff. He and can eat a sandwich in one bite, a Dagwood style sandwich in one bite. Now, Andy... I mean, we didn't. Here's the thing. Bunker is bringing us to the bunker, obviously, but yeah. it's not really him. He is still out and about in the world. Yeah. You know, traveling because he doesn't kind of want to be around. He already has had COVID and he's kind of over it. But, you know, he, he doesn't want to be around us right now. He's got he really has enjoyed the past eight months of traveling. Yeah. Forcing us to do his bidding while he's off gallivanting. Yeah, gallivanting. So if you still have bunker sightings, yeah. bunk funkers, and you want to send them in, you want to let us know where you're seeing Mr. Bunker out in the world, you can. Um, he kind of just sent Peon Musk. Peon Musk is here with us. Yeah, Peon Musk is in the bunker. And he's uh, just kind of like, I, I don't know if squatches can get COVID. I don't know. 
The science is still out on that. Where's the science on that, Fauci? <laughs> Dr. Fauci? Where's your... Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, where's your science? One million cases of COVID. He's Dr. Evil Fauci. <laughs> That's my new character. <laughs> Dr. Evil Fauci. Oh, come on. Bringing sharks with COVID on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Senator, would you like to have a suckle of my zipple? <laughs> Come on, Scott, just wear a mask. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Uh, Dr. Evil Fauci. Yeah. Surely will become a recurring sure. character. <laughs> His first of undoubtedly many appearances on um, the show. Yeah, but yeah, Peon Musk kind of just picked us up in a makeshift Bunkla uh, autonomous driving car. Uh, uh, clearly a prototype. Very clearly a prototype. It was mostly like a gag jalopy you would see on Wacky Races. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It barely functioned. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure I saw Dastardly do right and uh, Dick whatever. Dastardly. Dick Dastardly. Peon Musk is sort of like the Muttley to yes. uh, <laughs> to Mr. Bunker's Dick Dastardly. <laughs> yeah, that's way you have a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was a very it was a very like gimmicky, almost uh, Bobcat Goldwaith. Uh, the the dude who used to smash the watermelons, uh, carrot top Gallagher. kind Gallagher kind of carrot toppy car it was mostly whoopee cushions and all the seats <laughs> um it, it shot out skyline chili when you tried to turn the air on yes. like he was like oh i'm kind of chilly and it literally is chilly periodically it just goes <laughs> <laughs> it had the la cucaracha horn from yeah. the simpsons yeah it was uh constantly blasting out steam oh yes steam everywhere i'm pretty sure it's a steam-powered car <laughs> um it had a Whoopi Goldberg function, as we mentioned a couple of episodes ago, uh, right. besides just the Whoopi cushions. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was a, it was an interesting ride, so to speak. You know, Peon doesn't really talk much. He's just kind of, you know, and it's weird that it was autonomous driving, yet he felt the need to just ride along in it. Like, yeah. I feel like there's more to that story that we're not being told. I don't know how autonomous it really is. I don't know what the sales price, I mean, famously at the time of, this episode, Elon Musk, um, in almost a like meme fashion, set the price of the Tesla Model S to $69,420. $69,420. Yeah. I'm thinking that Bunker might be a little mad about that because I'm almost positive that was the initial release price for the Bunkla Model whatever. Yeah. Um, well, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's a crowded marketplace now. It is. So... Mr. Bunker's going to get have to get used to this kind of competition from from <laughs> Tesla. I mean, Bunkala is up against it, frankly. That's right. Um, but, I mean, overall, I guess it was not a good ride. Uh, no, it was very uncomfortable, not smooth. Zero to 60 in about an hour. Yeah, we, we were under 50 miles an hour for most yeah. of the ride. To I the mean, bunker. we were on the highway and it was like, I mean, it was bad. I mean, you could tell the car was still accelerating. Yeah. But like just not doing a very good job of right. it. 
The inertia was just, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was awful. It's built like opposite of aerodynamic. Right. There's large spoilers and fins on it. I think at one point Bunker thought he might make it like aquatic as well. Yeah. So he put a big shark fin on the top, but now it just kind of looks like, I mean, parts of it are that. You ever seen that uh, driving couch yeah. in the Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's parts of it like that. There's a uh, fluffy dice hanging on the uh, back view mirror. Well, and you know, they wanted that like, <laughs> like a different, since you don't have to drive, like a different driving experience. So the whole front of the car is just a pane of like plexiglass. So it's just <laughs> one big pane. So it's like just a square shape in the front. Yeah. And then it sort of tapers off into the shark fin and spoilers. <laughs> So it just it's it's a very bizarre design. It's very strange, but you know, I guess that's what we'll be doing for most of the time that we're kind of coming back to the bunker. I mean, um we'll see, you know, I mean, as long as if we'll see what happens if these bunker sightings continue because they've been great. We've been expanding on a lot of lore here. Yeah, we've learned a lot about Mr. Bunker during the yeah. age of COVID. But um, anyway, we still have our regular segment that we still do. It's the bunker alarm. Yeah. We got to yeah. get to it. Yeah. Andy, let's check in with you. How are you doing in your little bubble? Hey, uh, things are good here. Uh, <laughs> are you heating up in there? No, no. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've only had diarrhea once uh, mm. since we started. So, you know, things are pretty good. It smells a little, but. Yeah. Uh, I also, I should have thought about this. The bubble doesn't allow me to flush the toilet. The. <laughs> It's handle built, is on the outside of the bubble. The handle, yeah. So, so I'm stewing in my own juices a little bit. You're stewing a little bit. Yeah. You're you're Brazing. a little bit of Stewie Griffin. I'm brains. Ooh, it's me, Stewie. <laughs> Stewie and Doctor Evil Fau Doctor Evil Fauci might. Uh... I pooped and it was liquid, and now I'm too hot. Jesus Christ. I'm being cooked. Um, well, Andy, we got to get to our bunker alarm, and we've got yeah. quite a list of bunker Ooh, alarm recipients this week. Do we are? And this is a this is a monumental episode. I mean, ah. congrats to these bunker alarm recipients because we're back in the bunker. This is huge. This is a great time. It's to headline do news. Everyone's talking about it. The social media is blowing up. Yeah. It's going viral. <laughs> yeah. By now, you've probably seen the coverage. Just see yeah. CNBN, CRTP, yeah. NBF, uh, MSR. <laughs> P, MSRP, uh, all AARP, the news, all the news agencies, consumer are picking this up. Reader's Digest, Consumer Reports, Consumer Reports, <laughs> Better Business Bureau. Um, Everybody, we're getting, we're, we're giving a bunker alarm here to uh, these fo following bunk funkers. We got Rupert, mm -hmm. Rupert, Rupert. Thank you for sending in today's topic. Yes, it's really thank wonderful. You so much. Um, I know that you know Rupert was mentioning that they were very excited. They, uh, they love these kind of geological conspiracies and mysteries, so I hope that uh, you enjoy this episode, Rupert. Um, but also, we got to thank two new patrons who are getting bunker alarms. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got Fish Suit. Fish Suit. Good friend of mine, Fish Suit, who is, um, you know, he's a great uh, Twitch streamer, really, really into Twitch streaming. If you want to check him out, uh, twitch.tv slash Fish Suit, that's F-S-H, there's no I in there. Yeah. S-U-I-T. Um, so, you know, go ahead, check him out. He's a great variety streamer, does a lot of D and D if you're into D dungeons and dragons. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just a good time. So thank you to fish suit. And also thank you to, uh, our newest patron here, Corey B. Corey B. Um, Corey, thank you so much 
for um you know becoming a patron and uh and receiving this bunker alarm <laughs> fish suit Corey, robot robot thank you all thank you uh, all so much from the bottoms of our hearts and from the top of the open face toilet, let um, me say thank you. Now, Andy, I'm going to run a little wire to you so that you can, a little control panel, socially okay. distantly, so that uh, I've got a little uh, grabber here, like one of those old people grabbers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to push it those into your bubble. Those tools you use to restrain the elderly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for my time as an orderly. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna slide this uh, bunk tech uh, bunker alarm controller to mm -hmm. you so that you can get it set up. So, okay. here we go. Just sliding it over. Oh, here it is. <laughs> I am breaking the seal of the bubble <laughs> now to get the control panel. Yeah. And I have it in my possession. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Now I'm sealed again on the open face <laughs> toilet. Uh, you know, um, bunk bunkers, uh, long-time bunk bunkers know this. Uh, with the bunker alarm, this is a great piece of technology. The Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000 allows us to play a perfectly synchronized alarm uh, to honor our bunk alarm recipients, uh, bunker alarm recipients. So uh, let me just uh, program a an alarm here. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Oh my goodness. Uh, that was lovely. Yeah. Uh, really digging into the bunk tech bunker alarm 3000 volts for this one. Uh, but I think it's a good one. Um, all right. So as is customary, we'll do a countdown. Not necessary for the a piece of equipment this technologically sophisticated, but it makes me feel good uh, <laughs> to do a countdown. And you need that. I need it. I need little victories, please. <laughs> bunk bunkers, don't take this away from me. I need this so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Three, two, one. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what what a terrific uh bunker alarm that was i mean what a great piece of technology yeah, best in the biz i mean this is you can't it can't be duplicated sweet water you want to get your hands on this it's not happening <laughs> <laughs> sweet water you can kiss our dirty butts <laughs> i mean hey we're just playing around if you guys want to you know <laughs> you guys want to send us a couple of uh, sure sm uh sm uh seven b's you know we wouldn't uh we wouldn't turn it down. Sweetwater on the outskirts of beautiful Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's right. Lovely, a lovely Beautiful facility. US 30. We've driven past it before. We'll come by and record episodes <laughs> there if you want us to. Yeah, you want us in your fucking offices? Us? Um, With our dirty butts? Got dirty butts. But hey, that was wonderful. Thank you yeah. to all of our Bunker Alarm recipients. Rupert, we appreciate Fish Suit, Corey, thank you. That's right. And uh, we appreciate your patronage and we appreciate your support and your listening. And to uh, all you Bunk Funkers out there who might want to get a Bunker Alarm, well, that's a perfect example of how to get one. You can send in an episode topic. You can literally just email us and ask. Yeah, I mean, there's no... And But here's the thing. Priority access goes to the patrons. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. You can get your very own bunker alarm. Um, you know, right on air. 
Uh, and you can also get access to our patron-only show, Andy and Art Debunked, which um, we do a new episode every month. You can get behind-the-scenes access, sneak peeks to future episodes, uh, behind-the-scenes access to future YouTube videos, even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, come on. Uh, a lot of great stuff there on Patreon. Access to the Discord channel. We can come chat with Andy and I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long. Yeah. And um, if you really don't like yourself, come to the Discord oh, yeah. channel. Yeah. Chat with yeah. us if you really long. need extra pain in your life and you want, you're like, I want to talk to these guys. But it's okay, too, if you ignore us and just chat with other bunk funders. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, Andy, um, there's a lot of different paths there's a lot of different lines that can lead you to a bunker alarm and there's a lot of different paths a lot of different lines that can lead you to today's topic wow all right i'm feeling a good energy i uh, am too from this open face toilet right now oh things are heating up oh no uh, oh god it's a crock pot <laughs> it's a crock of something oh geez <sighs> well we got to get to we got to stew and and Get to the slow cooking action of today's topic. It's very slow cooking. That's yeah. one way to hype people up. <laughs> today's episode is like a slow cooker. This starts slow and keeps being slow. <laughs> well, either way, uh, here we go. This is Ley Lines this week on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time. Okay. my big ass earth whatever monuments you have on your line you show them to me and I see them shine lay liney lay lay across my big ass earth wow wait hey I thought we were going to talk about ley lines today but I guess we're going deep dive on Bob Dylan's country crooner period, Andy. Personally, it's my favorite Dylan period. I mean, I'm a huge Dylan head. Mm-hmm. Like sex with me, though, Andy, it was brief but satisfying. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Art, uh, you were you were right. We are talking about ley lines today. Oh. Well, in that case, Bob Dylan can fuck right off with his hokey, hayseed, country bumpkin bullshit shtick. Let's fucking rock, baby. Oh. <laughs> Leelines, I got you on the map. Leelines, oh, pulsating energy. Leelines, Leelines, won't you ease my word? <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. The Derricks and the Dominoes are really falling around here, huh? <laughs> and it's starting a chain reaction that leads us to Leelines. For the uninitiated, ley lines are basically straight lines between historically significant sites or landmarks. But they might also be energy superhighways and or kind of like a map for extraterrestrial spacecraft. Because let's face it, if you're an ET, finding Earth is the easy part. But where do you go once you get here? Good question, little alien dudes. I wish I knew. Every morning I wake up filled with existential dread and I I shout into the void that uh, is this physical realm. Where do I go from here? Oh. Oh. Anyway, 
The idea that ancient religious sites might be situated to align with one another isn't exactly like a new fangled thing. In fact, it dates back all the way to 1846 when it was suggested by Andy's childhood minister, Reverend Edward Duke. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep, we used to call him the Duke because it was his last name. Clever. Thank you. (laughs) I thought of that one. Well, it shows. Uh, The Duke (laughs) noticed you could line up ancient monuments with more modern churches. Then in 1909, William Tude? Wilhelm Teut. Oh, Jesus. Oh, not even the same (laughs) German planet. Wilhelm Teut. 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 Wilhelm Teut. Uh, Noticed essentially (laughs) the same thing. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? He's dead. (laughs) Yeah, fuck that guy. He was a Nazi. (laughs) We'll get into it. (laughs) Wilhelm Teut noticed essentially the same thing, but he also gave it a German name. uh, Helinge Linin. No? Heliage Linian. Sure. Heliage Linian, or Holy Lines. Uh, Tude even believed in an ancient, advanced ancient Germanic civilization older than the Romans. And and as Andy brought up, naturally, Tude's views were popular with some Nazis, and Tude himself was also a Nazi. Yeah. (laughs) Go figure. But hey. This topic isn't all Nazis. It's also about an English guy who died before World War II even broke out. And as it turns out, Britain was destined to become a hotbed. I mean, a hotbed of ley line activity. This English guy's name was Alfred Watkins. And he's actually the guy who started calling ley lines, ley lines. Watkins used the term lays to describe what he felt were ancient pathways between important sites. Watkins started formulating this idea one day while traveling to Herefordshire. He noticed the at important places kind of lined up in the landscape. They all appeared to be in a straight line. So he did what any hogged out antiquarian would. He whipped out his uh, ordnance survey map and his girthy little pen and started drawing lines on his map. He found that he could draw lines straight through sites from prehistory, Roman sites, and more modern medieval buildings. Watkins eventually came to the conclusion that these uh, these lines, the titular ley lines, were old, important trade routes used in ancient times. Watkins felt that ancient Britons uh, were aware that straight paths would make travel more efficient. Uh, so they uh, endeavored to survey and build a bunch of straight, unsurfaced paths. He believed that these prehistoric people marked the paths with big rocks or other modifications or markings on natural terrain features. So while the paths themselves have disappeared over the long stretch of years, some of the marks along the paths have remained. All modern people had to do was find the marks, and they could find the paths. While there was some popular interest in ley lines after Watkins first proposed the idea in the 1920s, the ley line craze in Britain died not long after Arthur Watkins himself in 1935. In the year after Watkins' death, 1936, Dion Fortune published a book, Goatfoot God, which was the first book to really ascribe some mystical properties to ley lines. But after that, ley line interest petered out for a while until fascination with the concept of ley lines came roaring back in the UK in the 60s, baby. Yeah! Shagadelic! In 1961, Tony Wedd published his book, Skyways and Landmarks, which built on earlier work by French 
ufologist, UFologist, I guess. I Yeah, ufologist. Uh, Ami Michel, who claimed a bunch of French UFO sightings could all be plotted in a straight line. Wed put forward the ideas that if UFO sightings were all happening along ley lines, ETs were either using ley lines as guides or that the spacecraft and the ley lines are all part of some kind of magnetic current flowing over the Earth. In 1967, John Michel, no relation, published his book, The Flying Saucer Vision. This book expanded on the foundation laid by Watkins, Fortune, and Wedd, claiming that ancient extraterrestrial astronauts aided human development in the remote past, with humans worshipping the ETs as gods. You know, textbook ancient alien stuff, right? According to Michelle, the ETs eventually left Earth because humans were too focused on material belongings and technology. Materialism, according to Michelle, was leading humanity to self-destruction and only reconnecting with our ancient spiritual past could we stave off the apocalypse and once again commune with the benevolent ETs. Michelle's 1969 book, The View Over Atlantis, furthered these views. Michelle put forth an ancient but technologically advanced society spread out all across the globe and built ley lines and other ancient monuments to make use of Lungmei energy. Now, Lung Mei is a Chinese mythological concept of lines of magnetic energy flowing across the Earth. Michelle's view, this energy is a naturally occurring thing, and uh, this ancient civilized civilization learned how to harness and direct the energy for the benefit of all mankind. The view over Atlantis, much like the flying saucer vision, offered up an apocalyptic vision if humanity didn't embrace spirituality and once again unlock the wisdom of the ancients. Michelle's works were heavily influential in expanding the Earth Mysteries movement. Earth Mysteries has its origin long before Michelle or Ley Lines, way back to the 17th century when John Aubrey and William Stukely, Stukely, uh, a couple of antiquarians, uh, postulated that Stonehenge was a Druidic monument. Uh, eventually, the movement came to encompass a wide range of topics and disciplines like sacred geometry, megalithic building, feng shui, and more. Michelle's works brought together this array of ideas and inspired the 60s counterculture, including the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead, you know, to reconsider the world around them. I guess this is a good time as any to point out that the, in the 70s, Michelle also published a book of Hitler quotations, but not to remind people of how bad Hitler was, but to make Hitler seem more, uh, I guess, likable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, this isn't all about Nazis, we swear. Yeah. <laughs> it's mainly about how John Michelle's work inspired the Earth Mysteries crowd. Some weird ley lines going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the straight lines to a lot of Nazis in this yeah. one. Michelle's works also inspired Britons who weren't in famous rock bands or who didn't necessarily think that we would, we need to reconsider how we feel about Hitler to join lay hunter clubs, uh, traveling uh, around the British countryside, looking for ley lines, connecting historic buildings and monuments. Hmm. Here I, you know, here I thought lay hunters was a pornographic video series, but you know, well, I guess you learn something new every day, huh, Andy? Yeah, it can be two things. I suppose that's true. Anyway, some Leilai hunters uh, combined lay hunting with dowsing, which is an alleged way of finding groundwater or metal or germs or gems, sorry, or maybe even germs 
or gems or weird energies or you know i mean here's the thing really anything could that might be inside the earth you can find <laughs> yeah, with dowsing i guess theoretically yeah you do uh you do all this with these uh kind of uh truly scientific rods uh you just use like a stick or you know metal rod typically kind of you've probably seen it before they're either in like a y the letter y shape or an l shaped rod and you hold it in your hands and then you kind of walk around and watch for the dowsing rod to sort of move. Um, dowsing techniques are even marketed today as bomb detection equipment. Dynamite! <laughs> yeah. Which is a bomb! Yeah, it's a bomb! <laughs> Some lay hunters think you can also detect ley lines through dowsing. Lay hunters come from all across the political spectrum and from different socioeconomic classes. Lay hunting really was for anyone and everyone who likes history, but doesn't like academia. With so many disparate types of people involved in lay hunting, it's probably not surprising that lay hunters don't agree on everything, including engagement with those folks who were in academia. Some lay hunters thought the movement should try to work with archaeologists in the academic community to try to enhance the work of lay hunters, or to even convince an archaeologist of the lay hunter views. They thought that working with academics would lend mainstream credibility to lay hunter beliefs. Other lay hunters were more hostile to the scientific community, believing that scientific evidence didn't matter. These hunters felt belief in ley lines was an act of faith, a spiritual pursuit, something that soulless archaeologists could never understand. Aside from this difference, lay hunters also differed in their basic understanding of what ley lines are. Some think the ley lines follow already existing energy currents. Others think the ley lines help to harness and direct the flow of the energy currents. Whatever the real function of ley lines, most hunters accept that the ley lines were established somewhere between 5000 BCE and 2600 BCE. So this would have been after agriculture took hold in Britain, but before metal was known to the Britons. Lots of ley hunters thought of this time as the golden age in Britain where people were completely in tune with nature, really similar to the things Michelle was saying. I guess with the exception of the whole Hitler thing. <laughs> yeah, with the exception of that. <laughs> in 1977, the Dragon Project was started in London. The project sought to perform radioactivity and ultrasonic tests at ancient sites, especially ancient stone circles placed like, you know, places like Stonehenge. The belief of the project's founders was that these sites would produce strange forms of energy, lending credence to some of the more contemporary ley line beliefs. The tests ultimately showed that some sites did have other than normal levels of radiation, either higher or lower. Despite this, the project did not identify a consistent pattern in the radiation levels at the sites. The Dragon Project sought to provide real scientific evidence the belief in ley lines, but it certainly wasn't the only attempt to bring some credibility to the ley line belief. In the late 1980s, a group of dowsers called the Geo Group mapped all the ley lines in the U.S. city of Seattle. They even got a $5,000 grant from the Seattle Arts Commission to, quote, explore their visions for the city of Seattle to consider the fantastic as well as the realizable. The realizable. Either one. And <laughs> However you want to say that. According to the Geo Group, quote, Seattle is the first city in America, possibly the first city anywhere, to have its ley lines located and mapped, quote. The Geo Group 
even identified power centers in Seattle, mapped them, and took helpful pictures so you can find them yourself. Mm-hmm. Moving out of the 80s, uh, factions of lay hunters continued to pursue a scientific approach and therefore learn, lean more into the academic side of lay hunting. In this vein, Paul Devereux and Nigel Pennock uh, published Lines on the Landscape in 1989. Devereux was the editor of Lay Hunter magazine and was also one of the founders of the Dragon Project. He was also very kind of a, he was also kind of a ley line debunker of sorts and uh, believing that ley lines didn't actually have a lot of the mystical properties associated with them. So he believed in ley lines, but thought they were more practical than spiritual. Lines on the landscape highlighted the cultural importance of lines in the landscapes <laughs> in different groups of peoples around the globe. The book suggested that ancient Bretons could have been motivated by the same factors motivating other cultures. With this turn toward the more scientific, Lay Hunter magazine closed up shop in 1999. The magazine's final editor, Danny Sullivan, declared the concept of ley lines as dead. Much like Jesus, though, ley lines weren't actually dead. They were just descending to hell to wrestle the devil in the most literal hell-in-a-cell match of all time, after which they reemerged to prove people like doubting Danny Sullivan wrong. In modern times, belief in ley lines is mostly confined to esoteric and New Age groups, including Druids and modern pagans. Obviously, for these groups, belief in ley lines is part of their spiritual practice. So while ley line believers may have tried to embrace science in the late 1900s, it's clear that the mystical side of ley lines still has adherence. This version of ley lines uh, sees the lines as part of a global energy grid. Ley lines are described as the paths on which this energy travels. Ley lines can also be used to carry knowledge across the globe. Places where ley lines intersect are places of great power and hope to some pretty impressive sites. The Great Pyramids, Stonehenge, Angkor Wat... Uh, Bruce Cathy was a prominent proponent of the idea of global of a global energy grid that connected ancient sites of importance. And he was at it for a while with his first book, Harmonic 33, published in 1968. Cathy was an airline pilot, much like Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger. Cathy saw a UFO one night over the Auckland Harbor in New Zealand, which piqued his interest and got him talking to other pilots. He found that others were seeing UFOs above New Zealand as well. So Kathy started doing some research, including plotting the sightings on a map. Eventually, this became a worldwide geometric grid, which was deconstructed to develop a unified mathematical system, which is in harmony with nature. According to Kathy, this system can determine the gravity, light speeds, and magnetic pull at specific places, and can even be used to pre-calculate atomic detonations, which are geometric in nature. Kathy said that ancient monuments, like Stonehenge, were constructed with this unified harmonic math in mind, meaning that humans today are only rediscovering advanced mathematics known to prehistoric people. Of course, the grid is also being used by ETs to power their crafts as they fly around Earth, hence why UFO sightings happen on the grid lines. Now that we know what the believers believe, it's time to take a peek at what the skeptics say. With ley lines, most scientists consider ley lines and associated things like dowsing to be pseudoscience. The main gripe from skeptics is, is that none of the more fantastic things about ley lines, like extraterrestrial craft guidance or channeling energy, have ever been proven scientifically. 
Well, even beyond the really mystical aspects of ley lines, some people have even criticized the notion that monuments are built on certain lines as well as, you know, questioning the evidence supplied by believers. Like take the OG ley liner himself, Alfred Watkins. Alfie's work was criticized by archaeologists of the time. They cited things like the difficulty of ancient people passing straight through difficult terrains, and critics also pointed out that some of the sites put forth as evidence by Watkins were from different historical periods. Watkins has an answer for this criticism, though. He says that the marks along the paths continued to be important even after the paths disappeared and people forgot the original purpose. So an important marker on the path may have ended up um, may have ended up the site of a medieval church because people recognized its importance in the area, even without knowing why it was important to begin with. Now, to be fair to Watkins, some of the things he proposed were rejected at the time, but have been reconsidered by more modern archaeologists. Things like clearing of forests by the ancient Bretons or the level of sophistication of ancient surveying techniques. Nevertheless, Watkins' hypothesis of ley lines is still not widely accepted. In the 1970s, John Mitchell, or John Michelle, rather, uh, published a study of, of the ley lines in West Penwith in Cornwall in England. Michelle challenged archaeologists to disprove his work. If archaeologists were successful, Michelle pledged to donate money to charity. No one took Michelle up on his offer at the time because it seems that most archaeologists kind of just don't give a shit about landmines <laughs> at all. Even if it means a donation to charity, right, they don't give they, a fuck. They still can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> While some believe that Michelle had done a thorough surveying job, critics still point out that Michelle listed natural rock formations and medieval sites as Neolithic or Bronze Age monuments. Scientists finally responded to Michelle when, in 1983, archaeologist Tom Williamson and Liz Bellamy published their book, Ley Lines, in question. The pair of archaeologists, and yes, they're married. Looks like they <laughs> uncovered love. <laughs> I guess there was a straight line between their hearts. <laughs> and genitals. Oh boy. Found that they found that Michelle listed natural rock formations and medieval sites as Neolithic or Bronze Age monuments. Williams, Williamson and Bellamy also point out that Britain is so chock full of historic sites that if you draw a line over the map, honestly, you're probably pretty likely to draw a line through some of these sites. Further, they bring up that important sites may be clustered or aligned for reasons other than you know, any type of special path or energy flow. There are several villages on the edge of a river, and the river is mostly straight. Well, there's a good chance you could draw a straight line on the map through those villages and connect similar buildings. More modern examples have been provided to show that you can take other things that aren't really monuments, you know, like pizza places, and put them on a map and find some that are in straight alignment. Obviously, we know that pizza places aren't being built in straight lines for any purpose, unless, you know, it's to make downtown pizza crawls easier. Which would be nice. Yeah, it would be great, it's wouldn't so it? It's so hard walking Jeez. all over the city trying to eat pizza, do a pizza crawl. Well, you forget where you're going. You go to the first place, and then the fifth place is the next spot, but you got to go past it to get to the second. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Put pizza places in a straight line. Williamson and Bellamy also found problems with more modern lay hunters believing that sites were from roughly the same time period when they were really from much different times. 
This is similar to some of the criticism levied against Alfred Watkins. Well, bunk funkers like Alfred Watkins, we've covered a lot of ground today. But now Art and I want to whip out our dowsing rods and find a little groundwater, if you know what I mean. Will it all be in a straight line? Will we unlock ancient mysteries and hidden energies? I don't know all of that. What I can tell you is there's one line that's always straight. And that's the line from your mind tummy to the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Bunk Funkers, this is Art. I'm here with Andy. We just wanted to let you know we recently launched a Patreon page. So if you feel like supporting the show, you can find it at patreon.com slash Pod. Becoming a supporter will get you one extra podcast a month of our brand spanking new podcast, Andy and Art Debunked, available only on Patreon. Not only that, you'll get a lot more fun perks at each tier. So visit us at patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. That's patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of ley lines. Ley That's a tough riff to play correctly. Is it? I mean, you can get the notes, but there's like a real fucking... I watched John Mayer play it, and he fucking... Fucking fucked it. Plays the shit out of Layla. Yeah. And Leyland. He's so good at guitar. Good guard, good guitar player. He's incredible. Say what you want about his songwriting and stuff. Hell of a hell of a guitar player. His songwriting is fucking killer. I mean, you can hate fucking waiting on the world to change, but it's a... Or you, you know, your body's a fucking wonderland. I mean, my body's a wonderland, but... It's a wonderland that has been uh, condemned by the health department. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an old, rusty wonderland that is uh, breaking down constantly. Yeah, like a medical wonderland. <laughs> My body's like a wonderland that was built by the Soviets in the 60s. <laughs> and then abandoned. And hasn't, yeah. And then the city was left to rot in the <laughs> 90s. Yeah. Chernobyl happened, and then nobody yeah. has been to wonderland in years. Right. Decades even. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what lurks within? No, John Mayer, I think John Mayer's, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of John Mayer, but God damn, can that guy play fucking guitar? Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. He's just some kid from fucking Connecticut or something, you know? Yeah. That's the wild part. He's not like anybody special. He didn't really have like a crazy life. Just some fucking kid who just loves guitar. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Too much. Too much. He has to be stopped. Um... Well, maybe he needs some ley lines spiritual energy here, Andy. What, yeah. do you, what do you think? You know, I like ley lines. I, I think I think they're nice. I mean, I think you know they they make people feel good. And and what who, who's that hurting? It you ain't know? hurting nobody. I guess it's hurting people who fucking hate lines. <laughs> 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 Motherfuckers from the Society for the Advancement of Parabolas. Yeah, <laughs> fucking fucking hate ley lines. Oh, they hate them. Sap. <laughs> Society for the Advancement of Parabolas. Damn you, Linears! Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, what's what's so bad about it? I mean, it's like I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's like what? Oh, geez, there's a big energy grid. Oh, people built stuff at places that were significant for energy. It's like we don't know why they picked them specifically on yeah. a lot of these places. Like, I mean, I mean, have they ever? You know, I mean, maybe I'm talking about my ass here, but like, <laughs> you know, like Stonehenge. Yeah. Why'd they build that where they built it? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Just thought it looked fucking nice, you know? I guess. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just there was a clearing, and it's like because they, they had enough space to put these rocks there and see all the things that they needed to see in the sky through the rocks. Like, I don't know. Or maybe they felt weird there, and they yeah. were like, let's build rocks here. I mean, ley lines is like a bunch of people hugging rocks and going, oh, fuck, I love this rock. Yeah. That's a nice boulder. <laughs> you know, from Shrek? Yeah. I mean... I think, you know, and I know people are probably sick of, hear of hearing this and it's just so much and I know and I don't want, but it's like even in this, these, these unprecedented times, these strange times, Andy, that we live in, mm -hmm. the time of COVID. Uh, during these COVID times, I think people have kind of found, I mean, like, fuck, you know, like people want to, people want to get out and go back into nature and feel, th I think it's refreshing. I think it's energizing. Yeah. You know, I sure do. That's a lot of this thing with the, uh ley lines is yeah. like you know britons have this landscape that's oh my god you know, littered with uh you Beautiful. know it's it's not a it's not a huge you know the uk isn't huge area like it's an island there's a limited amount of space but it's like dotted with all of these these monuments you know you've got like stone rings and burial grounds and you've got like tunnel big, these weird like tunnels in the ground that build like little moats right you've got like uh, giant people drawn on the hillside, some of them in, you know, like drawn in chalk, like made out of chalk. There's mm -hmm. natural chalk deposits. Mm. And some of them have huge dicks. And and there's a couple of hopscotch games, obviously played by ancient druids who loved right. hopscotch. Hopscotch, famously druids big into hopscotch. They're huge into hopscotch. But like a lot of, uh, a lot of modern, you know, Britons, that's what they, they find. Like, oh, this is a chance to just, you know, even if ley lines aren't real, who cares? It's a chance to just go out into the countryside and <laughs> play with your rod. Just play with your ding, your dang rod, your little Y-shaped rod. Flick it around. <laughs> See what makes Flick it move. It yeah, I mean, you know, are they really fucking like, I don't know, archaeologists just kind of ignore them. Yeah. Uh, or I don't know who they're really, because like, they're not really like claiming anything crazy. I guess it's like, they're claiming, I don't know. They don't, they, Compared to some of the other stuff that we've looked at, breathitarianism, um, some of the other things, you know, are who are they hurting by saying like, hey, go out into nature and walk around with these rods and feel energized? It's like, you know, they're not. Did, did you find anything in the research about them being like this fucking hang out in this stone circle? It'll cure your cancer. No, no, yeah. I don't find anything. I mean, you know, it's if anything, it's like uh, there's nothing really dangerous about this, but like probably the most far out thing is like. And maybe this is dangerous in its own way. All the Hitler like, stuff. The Hitler stuff is bad. Uh, but like Michelle, like since we mentioned Hitler, like he's very much a traditionalist, you know? Yeah. Like where it's like the world doesn't get better. The world gets worse. Like the mm. world, like the world was better before. Mm. Like technology ruins, ruins us. He's like a Rousseau. Of, he wants us to go back to the natural order. Right. They want to, they want a, uh, you know, they want a, a more commune with nature, like live in harmony with nature. Honestly, I mean, you know, I, I, in some ways I kind of think like, uh, you, you could end up in a situation where you're like, no, 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 
don't give me any medical treatment. Yeah. I want natural cures. But I don't think that's the big underpinning. The big underpinning is like, oh, we we used to live in harmony with nature and now we fight with nature. We do. We fight with nature a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 impose ourselves on nature right. instead of trying to find ways to like blend together with it. Yeah. So I don't think that's bad at all. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Peon Musk entered the. Oh, get out of here. We're recording. <laughs> No, I, so I agree much with like you. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, you, you know, you can live in nature. You can, like, you can have a good relationship with nature. Britain, I mean, Britain has some beautiful, I mean, just absolutely just gorgeous countrysides. So it's beautiful there. Um, it's nice and just so luscious and, uh, you know, and uh, it's great. Oh, ugh. Are you getting an erection? I am a little bit. I want to fuck Britain. <laughs> England, I'm coming for you. He's literally coming for you. Um, no, I mean, you know, I've talked about my time in uh, Scotland, Scotland, and uh, I spent only a little bit of time in London. I was really only in London. London was a little much for me. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, I find places like New York and London to be somewhat exhausting because you are just, it does not matter where you go. You are surrounded by people. In London, it, it's the same way where it's just like, no matter what street you're walking down, there are fucking, there's somebody. There's there's people coming in and out of shops, people walking around. I mean, you are just surrounded by people. Tokyo, the, a lot of these cities are like that. I mean, it's yeah. just, but then you go out into like, I mean, goddamn, that, that fucking, that English and fucking Scottish countryside is just so goddamn nice and refreshing. Every day when I was in Scotland, we would, uh, Ironically, we'd climb Arthur's seat. It was a little mini mountain, little hill or whatever the fuck oh. it was called. We would climb it. Oh. Walk up it. This I watched about, the sunrise. This isn't about your friends doing butt stuff to you. No. Okay. That was different. Mm. Different part of the fringe. You didn't fest. call that climbing Arthur's seat. <laughs> that was that was the after dark part of the fringe oh. fest. Um, which the fringe festival is wonderful. I mean, Edinburgh is a beautiful city, but taking all those trips to the highlands and all the other shit and all the lowlands or whatever the fuck they're called. I don't know. It's just beautiful. It was a good time. I recommend anybody do it uh, all the time. But even here in America, you yeah, know, we've got beautiful state parks. I mean, they're lovely. Um, Some beautiful landscapes here. Yeah, there's lots of, uh, I mean, what a varied and vast amount of terrains and We're landscapes so much better. in the U.S. And, you know, <laughs> honestly, yeah, a lot of people, you know, some people... They live their whole lives in the city. They never really get out and experience yeah. the... I mean, if that's your thing, if that's what you're into, I know some I don't lifelong New Yorkers that, yeah. feel uncomfortable in rural areas. <laughs> yeah. And I get it. I feel that way too. I'm talking about taking like a vacation out into like, I don't know, whatever, National Park or whatever, National Park. But some of them are like, nah, I don't feel uncomfortable. I don't feel good unless I, got, I know someone's fucking above me and below me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, my... Uh, I'm from a rural part of Ohio. And my aunt uh, moved to a city when she was relatively young. Not a big city either. Like, yep. a, like, a, like a small to medium-sized city. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, uh, when she would come and, like, stay with us, even though she grew up there in that area, she would be like, oh, it's too dark out here. It's too <laughs> quiet. And it's like, <laughs> like, when I go, I mean, I've lived... I've lived in Chicago for a decade. Wow. When I go back, I'm like, oh, God, it's so dark. It's so quiet. 
so <laughs> you nice. love it. You yeah. love it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't have to. There's no. There's no chance a streetlight's going to shine me in the eye. There's no trucks driving by mm. ever. Like it's very. I find it very peaceful. Trucks. Trucks are a big. But one. it's not for everybody. Yeah. But I think a lot of the like Alfred Watkins, like, I mean the Lay Hunters Club that he started and stuff. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he didn't really ascribe any of these like mystical things to it he thought it was more of a practical like archaeological thing like he was interested in, in history and stuff he was an antiquarian so it's like for him i think it was just like good excuse to like re discover more about the countryside where you live than anything it kind of makes sense i mean that river example makes perfect sense you know you build your civilization on a river because it provides so many delicious natural resources right um, and you start lining them up and then you start a new civilization a little bit farther down the river. I mean, or they mention oh. like these, these places where there are chalk deposits, I guess they find a lot of burial mounds there mm. of ancient people, but it's, it's not because there's specific energy. It's because the soil is easier to dig into. Mm. Like it's softer soil. So they, so it's like, you know, you can make a false equivalency pretty easily because things are clustered in a way, but just because you notice that doesn't mean that the reason that you think it is is the reason that it actually is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I was watching the Smithsonian vid, which is linked in the uh, description, yeah. and uh, the Dowser, the Dowser guy, yeah, and yeah. at one point, you know, <laughs> they're like, uh, you know, people are overcome with emotion when they come here, and it's like, all right, fella. Well, and you all know, right, I get it. I get it. It's nice. It's cool. But overcome with emotion. Like, come on. It's a bunch of fucking rocks. I mean, like, well, I mean, dowsing like this is this is not an episode about dowsing necessarily. But these two kind of go together in a yeah, lot of ways. It wasn't to be dowsing off, you know, <laughs> I'm doused in something right now. <laughs> hey, uh, fella, I got your Vulcan ley line right here. <laughs> my new character is a spiritual New Yorker. <laughs> hey, why don't you grab a hold of my rod and see what happens? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> fucking dowsing piece He's of like, shit. Fucking walking through traffic. <laughs> he uh, almost gets hit by a taxi and he's like, Hey, I'm following the spiritual energy over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dousing here. Oh. I'm dousing over here. I'm walking here. <laughs> Peace be with you. I got a ley line from my apartment straight to my fucking bodega. That's where I do <laughs> It's Salami Wednesday. <laughs> All the salami you could eat. Ancient New Yorkers used to do this dope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking you the F ley line over and then I'm going to transfer it to the. To the A-Lay line. <laughs> A-Lay. Uh, what was I going to say? You're talking about dowsing. Oh, yeah, dowsing. <laughs> you know, you talk about that dowsing video. Yeah. You know, and the and the host, like, takes a step forward, and the, the rods part, and right. he steps back, and they come together, and then they, they move as he's, like, moving into that area. They found like what science, how science explains dowsing is that the movements of the rods are all like subconscious movements in your arm. That makes sense. Like that your body will change a certain way when you get to that spot. Like yeah. whether it's the way you, you fit on the terrain or whatever. And it like you subconsciously without thinking about it, you like twist your forearm or something and that moves the rod. Little micro movements in right. your arm. You don't feel it. You don't notice it, but you do it. And I think, what do they call Like idiomatic idiots, <laughs> fucking idiots. Uh, but it's, but they think it's just all like subconscious response. Like, and there's no, yeah. you know, 
like plenty of people have tested out dowsing and it never does any better than random chance at doing anything. Uh, you know, like that's, that's like one of the biggest debunking things. Like if you set up a control experiment for dowsing and you test it, dowsers don't ever do any better than like random chance. You give them an object to find. They only, they find it the same as they would if they didn't have anything. That checks out. I mean, and if, if, but like, it's not hurting anybody in my opinion. Yeah, does it matter? Like, does it matter? You want to walk around with your little, I mean, metal detectors. You want to walk around with your little rods. Like, as long as you're not getting, I mean, like, I did read one thing about a dowser who got hired to, like, talk about the safety of a building in the UK or something. Yeah, no. And it's kind of like, okay, I don't, that might be maybe a stretch. Like, I don't think that's a person you need to include in that discussion. Like this yeah, building is very unsafe. Point right there. Yeah, you're gonna want to put a you're gonna want to put a steel beam right there. I should clarify. Yeah, not right the, there. This is much better. I wish it was the structural integrity. It was the like spiritual integrity. Oh, okay. That it was like a hostile workplace because the energy was bad. Whoa, we gotta put some asbestos right here, pal. My lines are grossing. My ley lines are grossing yeah. right here. Dousing hard over here. Yeah, oh, boy. I'm dousing hard. Oh yeah. Put it. Put the fire extinguisher here. That's outside. Oh, you're gonna need it though. The you're dowsing says it. so. Uh, <laughs> it's like as so long as dowsers don't get involved in like, you know, too much. Yeah. Like if you want to do this, like metal and gems and fun things. If you want to go out and douse and look for water and stuff and gems, like fine. It's no different than weirdos with metal detectors at the beach. Do you think people with metal detectors at the beach are weird? I do. I think so. I think they're kind of weird. It's a little bit of a weird hobby. I mean, you know, you're looking for stuff. You're looking for people's rings. You're looking for, I don't know. It's a little odd, yeah. It's, it seems like a lot of work for not very much, like, reward. You think? Like, if do they you, don't find a lot of stuff? If Okay, Bunk Funkers, if you're a metal detector at the beach kind of person, like, let us know. Did you find any treasures? Yeah. Let us know. What, what kind of... What kind of scratch you making off of? Yeah, what kind of scratch? What kind of doubloons you got going on down there? <laughs> Did you find anything? Yeah, you can find some cool stuff. I mean, you know, when you were a little kid, were you like uh, obsessed with Husky? Finding... Yes. <laughs> oh, no, that's not where you were going? Yeah, you were on the Iditarod race, right? <laughs> yeah, you were yeah. one of the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Who let the dogs out? That was the name of our team. Oh, 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 oh. Cuba Gooding Jr. was one of your drive. One of the I was drivers. the uh, I was the rear dog, and my job was basically to get whipped for not keeping up. Because <laughs> I had poor stamina. You were looking for like speed. a dominatrix type of deal, yeah. and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a, the Iditarod race. Yeah, and- you know, bunk funkers, be careful about which Craigslist ads you answer. <laughs> like, geez, Alaska, boy. All right, well, I'll do it. I mean, I every ad I see on Craigslist, I answer and get <laughs> deep into as far yeah. as I can go. Yeah. You're kind of like a Craig Hunter. Yeah, Craig Hunter. Haven't found Craig yet. Um, I know his list, but where is he, Craig? What were you talking about? Metal metal detectors? Yeah, oh, metal when you were a kid, did you ever like were you ever obsessed with finding like arrowheads? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I mean, was that like a, I, that wasn't just me. That was like a thing. It's probably a cub scout thing. Yeah. People from the Midwest where there were where there's like lots of these things in the dirt like yeah, not like that Native far American down. sort of old artifacts yeah. and other whatever the fuck yeah people who live in these areas that not that haven't been like urbanized mm-hmm. entirely 
where there were Native Americans. Like, you can find, and the stuff's not buried that deep. Like, you know, you could find arrowheads. <laughs> no fucking idiots. I mean, <laughs> you thought you could keep your treasure from me? You got to bury it deeper than that. I mean, ah, come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I was obsessed with kind of finding arrowheads. It was like stuff. a cool thing. It was like a thing. Yeah. You were like, oh, fuck, I found this arrowhead. Yeah. I mean, it could be too because we were both in, in Cub Scouts. Yeah. Both fucking Scouts. Um, that could have something to do with it. You ever go dowsing? Would you ever go dowsing? I don't see a reason to. Yeah. Frankly. <laughs> Would I? I guess if somebody was really really aggressive about it like oh you gotta come dowsing with me i'd be come like come on you gotta come dowsing with me I'd be like, okay classic fine. new york thing come on you gotta <laughs> right. come dowsing gonna go down to the hudson river and douse a little bit uh yeah i guess i would but like i don't yeah. see a reason to i mean yeah. what am i gonna like for what purpose like finding a diamond um the there's a there's a related video that tom scott did uh he's a well-known youtuber does a lot of fun things with code and other such things, math and science and whatnot. He's kind of a eggheady, nerdy kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Um, our kind he, of fella. Yeah, our kind of fella. Hey, fella. He, he kind of mentioned that if you, a few articles where it's like, and you mentioned this in the research, but it's like the telephone, telephone boxes and oh, famous yeah. ones in England, like you can map those out, like with the pizza places. They're in yeah. straight lines. Uh, Woolworths, which I don't know what kind of store that is in England, but it's a store in England. I don't know what they sell there, but there's there's straight lines between them too. Woolworths is like a department store. Oh, well, there you go. It's a department store. Yeah, um, like the five and dime kind of store. At the five and dime, it was the summer of '69, right? Yeah, there's a lyric in there about the five and dime. Maybe, yeah. There is now. <laughs> John Cougar Mellencamp. Sweet Rosalie. That was Brian Adams. Working at the five and dime. Strawberry wine. This is some obscure, probably like uh, Randy Newman. It's a fake Steely Dan song. Oh, okay. From Oh Hello. Oh, hello. Um... But, you know, yeah, there's there's kind of like, there's a lot of straight lines. You can put straight lines pretty much anywhere. And really, it's not like they're on like a perfect, even the ones that they claim are not on perfect straight lines. They're on lines, but it's like they're a little bit off. Well, yeah, or it's like, yeah, it clips this thing. Sure. not But it doesn't go through the center. So it's like, right. if, the, if the plot is on this straight line, plus here's something else. Maps aren't, like the way the world is. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like we lay a map. Oh boy, we're going to get into it now. We lay a map down and the map is flat. And the map is, the map is like drawn in such a way to like represent the landmass. Right. But that doesn't like, that doesn't necessarily accurately describe how things are when you like cities on the are surface not perfect little dots right on exactly. maps they're weird shapes and they're fucking oblong right right if you look at like i mean like okay we we're we're in in chicago like if you look at chicago on a map like of the united states it's just a big dot but if you look at it from a perspective of here's where chicago is and then here's where suburbs are or here's where things that aren't chicago are it's all, it's a jagged line. There's no, I mean, it's right. like straight lines, but they're all, you know, it, it's like, it 
goes straight and then it bends down and then it goes straight again and then it comes back up and then and then there's this long little tunnel yeah, that goes out to the a airport grid, and there's a grid system but we're also on a curvature of a lake right so it's not a perfect fucking circle it's right. like a weird thingamajig yeah exactly so it's like when you say you know like you drew a line through it it's like you probably you drew a line draw, through like one of the western suburbs like you could draw a line and it could be like all over the city yeah but it's like, okay, well, if that's the point, like, why is that not the exact center of the city? If that's the, like, energy there's spot. A, there's a standard to take to take some stats here. There's a, there's a standard deviation for each of these uh, each of these sites and cities off of where the uh, the average, the mean line is. Am I right? You know? <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, there's there's variance. There's uh, there's they're a little bit off each one. So. But here, you know, we're 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 picking we're we're really picking on the ley lines here. I mean, I get what they're trying to say. There's some sort of, you know, is there a spiritual energy to certain things? I mean, I'm sure Andy, you'll say that that's a bunch of fucking hoo ha. You don't think that there's anything spiritual or uh, significant in any way? Uh, <laughs> you know what I say about that? Yeah, what do you say? Like this is one of those. Like we already talked about it. It doesn't really hurt anybody. Like sure. it doesn't affect anything. Yeah. Like if you feel some kind of way about a bunch of rocks in a circle, like have at it. Like, I don't care. Like be, get into it. Like you want to fuck that rock, fuck that rock. As long as you don't do it in a way that doesn't cause, uh, problems. well first get the rocks consent. And then right. also, and uh, clean you know, your... you want to fuck Dwayne, the rock Johnson, you know, <laughs> clean up your jizz afterwards. With this humongous ass. God. Ginormous. That guy eats a lot of cod. Yeah. He's on a lot of gear. I actually just watched a YouTube video about what there's this YouTube videos that I've been started watching where this dude who is very open about it, like he's a bodybuilder and he's very open about his steroid use and other things that he uses. And he looks at different celebrities and says like, what gear do I think they're on? What stuff do I think they're using? What does it mean when you say what gear gear, like what steroids they're using? Oh, okay. They call it gear juice or, uh, mm -hmm. I never heard them use. I've never heard the term gear in this yeah. context before. Gear. But yeah, The Rock is clearly on steroids. I mean, you don't even have to be a fucking dummy. See that a man who is approaching, I think, 50s? Probably. Still producing that much testosterone naturally? I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> and his fucking arms are that fucking big? Come yeah. on. Come on, pal. My, uh, my fucking lines are getting crossed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dousing hard. I'm dousing over here. Uh -huh. I'm on fire. Somebody douse me. Jeez Louise. Ooh. But he's probably been on steroids for a long time. Oh right? yeah, he's been he using he's been using juice for a long time. Like it's he's got a good frame. Don't get me wrong. The Rock has a natural frame that is built for fucking muscle and being athletic and big, yeah. and strong. Um, but like you, you start looking and listen. This dude isn't the fucking say all on steroids, but he he does stuff that I've never seen before, which is like well, not that I don't often see, which is that he looks back at their older photos and says like, okay, what do we see about their natural muscle progression in their life. Mm -hmm. So the rock, obviously when he was like a teenager was, I mean, at 15 years old, the rock looked like a fucking adult male. Like he was yeah. big and strong. And when he was playing professional football and even into his early WWE days, I mean, you just look at the difference between his WWE days, like his early days and what he looks like the mid days. And then what he looks like now. I mean, I'm sorry, eating all the fucking plain cod in the world that you want to eat is not going to get you triceps that fucking big. <laughs> like you, all you got to do really a lot of times is look at a man's triceps and it's like, they really, they can't get that fucking big. They're not a very big muscle. And like, 
these drives are fucking, I mean, they're, they're massive. Well, like, they, but, you know, yeah, I don't disagree with this, but let's not sell the rock short. He no, works I'm hard. Not. He, oh, you do not, you can't just, we've talked about this before. Steroids aren't magic. They're not magic. They just make you, uh, some of certain ones just make you burn fat easier and yeah. also build pure lean muscle tissue and recover. Yeah. So the natural way that like you have to build muscle is you got to get some fat as well. It's right. almost a one-to-one ratio. Yeah. You have to gain fat and muscle at the same time. And then you usually try and cut the fat while also preserving as much of the muscle as possible. But with roids, what you can do is you can just build straight fucking lean muscle tissue and without getting the fucking fat. I mean, it's unbelievable what some of this shit can do. Yeah. If you really learn how to cycle correctly and get it. I sound like some fucking loser who's like super into I would never take fucking steroids. No, steroids are great. <laughs> fucking uh, great. I'm on well, them right now. Yeah, we're both on them. I did it mainly to shrink my testicles. <laughs> they were out of control. <laughs> That's the thing. There's side effects. You can get some pretty bad side effects with them. So you really got to. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I would worry that I would just keel over, like frankly. No. And to be to be quite honest, I don't think that the bodybuilding uh, look is not attractive to me. It's not. Uh, wow. I, I think you heard it here first. The Rock well, won't just, fuck you. You know, I don't know. Even if you ask. This is coming from a guy who is like genetically designed to not be muscular and fucking like cannot pack on weight to save himself <laughs> and has terrible muscle genetics. I have everything wrong with me, but so many of these actors and celebrities have, I mean, they have beautiful muscle symmetry. I mean, it's yeah. incredible. They're just gifted. Yeah. That's why they become celebrities. Yeah, that's true. And that's why I'm a fucking loser mm -hmm. stuck in a bunker with another fucking loser Who's stuck in a fucking bubble. On the toilet. The only way that people like you and I could become celebrities is through mediums where people don't see us at all. <laughs> we have faces for the radio. Right. And and voices for the newspaper, frankly. Yeah, so, yeah. But those are dead. So we're stuck here. Um, in purgatory. One, one other thing that I thought was interesting about the Tom Scott video was that he kind of mentioned that a lot of these stones have been replaced. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like some of them are just markers that say a stone was here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's been a long time for some of these stones. And I guess the ley liners will say like, well, it's not the stones. It's the energy of these points of contact. Well, and that's the thing too, is that some of these sites, you know, they get destroyed by agriculture and stuff. Like, you know, if you build, if you build something not that long ago, like some of these like carved men in the like sides of hills in, in Britain, like some people think that they're ancient, but they're probably not. It's probably like 16th, 17th century, like when these were actually built. And it's probably just people like having fun uh, rather than anything significant. Let's just put some rocks around. Just build a giant man on the hill. <laughs> but like, yeah. you know, these things end up over the, you know, if it really is ancient, like, this is a place that's been over a lot of changes, like over the years. Like, Ch -ch -ch there's lots of people there, you know, all over the place. Like, you know, this is not super remote. All these like sites, no. So it's hard to expect that things just remain. You know, if you were there closer to the actual construction of it, you don't care as much about it. Probably, probably. Like if you if if you built, look, if you and I built a stone circle. Oh my god! Out in the middle of the street, 
like two days later, the city would come and take it down. Like, no, they wouldn't. Okay, well, it would take an alderman like fucking three years so, to fill it, and then they'd be like, "Look, I filled it. I got rid of that stone structure. Reelect me." <laughs> come yeah. on. At the next election cycle, yeah. the stone circle would be removed. But you know, some people would remember it there, and maybe they talk about, "Oh, there was that stone circle." Like, yeah, those two assholes simple. built that obnoxious <laughs> stone bumper. Yeah circle that caused tons of accidents it could be but it could be misconstrued you know by people later like true years know? down the line like and who knows what kind of conclusions other people would draw from that yeah like, we about, don't know the history like maybe these were like dance circles yeah i don't know you know it's like druids maybe, and pagans who knows what they believed it, yeah and, and the thing is that tom scott kind of mentioned this as well as like when different religions and different regions took over the britain you know this is specifically with the british but um, they tore down the circle or they remade them or they did different things with them and the meanings changed. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I guess that really doesn't defeat the point of ley lining, which is, uh, again, this it's the areas, these lines. Now, what do we make of kind of the UFO angle? We haven't really talked about that. Yeah, I guess. Um, I think that's that real. That is like cookie cutter ancient aliens. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I kind of like the UFO thing is is almost like to me sort of like the pizza places or the the phone boxes, where it's like it's like yeah maybe you maybe you do plot them out and you can draw the a line on them, but does it mean anything? Yeah, and you know like uh, I mean Michelle who was the uh, the French ufologist uh -huh. that first kind of like put that forward. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think a lot of that work was discredited. Hmm. Like that people were like, no, this data is all wrong. I mean, I guess if you think about like certain ancient cities, like we did, we haven't really even talked about ley lines. We were kind of focusing on England, but, uh, you know, there's ley lines all over the place. They, they think there's ley lines between like Jerusalem and Rome. Like there's like yeah, lines yeah. connecting all these really important ancient cities, but I think that I think that Britain is like the thought center for way line ley lines. Mm. You know, like that's where it's like Watkins was British and Michelle is British. And they have a British. lot of shit there. I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty wild how much because there's so many different I guess well, you could say that about a lot of different regions, like especially the mid Middle East and where Israel is located right now, is like how many people have taken over that land? Yeah. How many people have been warring over that land for so fucking long? Right. <laughs> Because they all believe that it's part of their culture's fucking ancient history, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's an important sacred site to them. I mean, I guess that's a point where it's like, okay, maybe, maybe this like ley line thought of like a special, like power in one place has been bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's led to a lot of uh, things that weren't so good, like the Crusades. I mean, yeah, well, the Crusades, but it's like people have been warning and killing each other over that land even before the Crusades. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Fucking Macedonians and the fucking whoever, the Babylonians and the Philistines. I mean, ancient Israelites, they've been fucking fighting over that land. And I guess anywhere there are people, there's conflict. Yeah. I guess that's what we're really getting to. We kind of fucking doused it. We boiled it down. Yeah. Yeah. People are the problem. Fucking people. We just need to go back to nature. But that's the thing, even Jeez, back in yeah. nature, even back in natural times, people were fighting and warring over land and taking and consuming and yeah. Yeah, I'm like, not saying that's right or wrong. Like but... ancient pagans never fought with each other. Yeah. Come on. Come on. All right. I'm not buying that. I think fucking juniper berries, 
They think fucking juniper berries should be using that sacred right? Come on. <laughs> the ancient New Yorkers. Come on. You got to put those things in a crown on your head so they perfect you from evil thoughts. You don't fucking steep them in a tea and drink it. That's ridiculous. Let's go kill those sons of bitches. Let's go kill them. I also think they're Mets fans. <laughs> go Yankees. <laughs> I've got this ancient symbol. It's an N and a Y and I've got it tattooed on my chest for a reason. <laughs> I hit it burned in my chest. I'm dousing over With here. With a flaming hot iron. I love that character. I love taking just tough guy New York and just putting him with anything, and it's just great. Great character. Tough Italian New hey, Yorker. My chakras are out of alignment here. Come on. Whoa, Give fella, me a break. You're putting, hey, you're putting down some fucking weird energy here with me, fella, okay? <laughs> We're going to have a problem. Look, take a step back. <laughs> Let's take a few deep breaths. You and I do a little feng shui, a little tai chi. Let's reset here. Come on. Uh, they, you know they all, but it, you know the the Stonehenge is a big one. The pyramids is another big one. Machu Picchu, yes. Angkor Wat, uh, mm-hmm. Puma Punku, oh, like love Puma Punku. But you know, you get to this point where it's like, if it was a few, and they were all like in this easily discernible line, I'd be like, hey, maybe we're onto something. But it's like then when you start like adding more places and you're like, well, it's part of a grid. It's kind of like, okay, well. Now we're talking about a grid. Like a grid is different than one line. Right. Uh, and, you know, the I think that, you know, scientists would say, well, there's no evidence at all that people who built Stonehenge had any knowledge of the pyramids, the people who built the pyramids. And they had no knowledge of the, the people who built Machu Picchu. And they had no yeah. no knowledge of the people who built Angkor Wat that, you know, like it's it's that old it's that same argument that gets applied to all of the ancient astronaut kind of stuff where it's like, you know, either you think that people had like global travel capabilities or like learned all of this from the same t- like extraterrestrials or Atlanteans or whatever. Or you don't, you know, it's like there's always an out. Because you could say, well, they didn't know about those people. But if you're an ancient astronauts person, you say, but they did. Right. And that's why they did this. Right. So it's like, you know, it's just whatever you believe. Yeah. Because uh, there's, no, there's no evidence, you know. There's no real science behind, like, ley lines. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. Oh, art is pondering. Yeah. Mm. He's very pensive. Well, it's just, I'm trying to figure out like why, you know, I guess just there's certain, I I don't know. I think, I think somebody just probably started something somewhere and they're like, this is the fucking spot. And then it's just, they kind of were the first ones to do it. If we're talking about like real early prehistory, they set up a spot and they're like, this is the fucking spot. And there's probably a more practical reason to it, right? Yeah. Probably close to some kind of liquid, usually water. Uh, you know, I'm going to assume, I mean, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was ancient Coca-Cola. It was a river of Coca-Cola. That's why they started the great cities. No, but there was probably <laughs> like, got the Nile. It's right. You know, like those ancient yeah. Egyptian civilizations started on that fucking river. Cause it was so plentiful and it was so resource heavy. You put your fucking city there. I mean, that's what you do in civilization, right? Yeah, you start your fucking river. To where the resources are. Um, Follow the resources. 
all your resource tiles. But, you know, uh, fuck, what was I going to say? So, okay, so they start that city near the fucking river. And then, like, the next kind of generation, you know, just keeps, oh, it's so significant. And it just keeps going down and down and down and down and down. When in reality, I think just, like, you just sort of started things near resource-heavy areas and then when when it got too big and they would start like another city, they probably didn't go that far. Yeah. Right? Because they couldn't the 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 the, the direction between the two or the 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 distance between the two would have been too labor intensive. Yeah. So they just go a little bit farther. Yeah. And it's probably in a straight line. Yeah. They probably just said, "Okay, go like 50 meters that way and start a new city, bro. Put your settlers over there." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think like, who knows? I think that uh, Devereaux kind of went this way where it's like, you know, there's some like, uh, some sort of like rock rock ring, stone ring in uh, the UK. And he had a article published about, you know, sight lines from it. Yeah. Which could be like, that's that could be all it is. Like it could be a relatively mundane explanation that it's like, ancient people might have placed things where they could see them from some other spot because communication was a lot more challenging than when you have to walk everywhere. Like, yeah, they could have been you like don't great have horses. fire basins and they could have lit fires there or something. Yeah. And then it would have been like a big smoke signal. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows? Like, I mean, that's part of the, I mean, I guess that's part of the mystery of it is like, why did people do this? And these are ancient rock rings. So you've got like kiss Aerosmith, Led mm -hmm. Zeppelin, <laughs> You know, Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. You've got a Black lot of Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Judas, Judas Priest, the true ancients. Yeah. <laughs> I want to rock, rock. Um, I want to rock. I don't know, Andy. What do you think? Should we get the verdicts here? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to. I'm I'm ready to go to a verdict. You got a verdict? Maybe. We'll fucking see what happens. So this means I should go first, huh? Yeah, I guess. All right, all right. So, um. Like what are what's our what's our verdict gonna be here? Like on the mystical stuff? Like do our ley lines really like an energy grid for the earth? Yeah. Um hmm. yeah, it's an interesting question. Cause I'm gonna say that I think that the idea of ley lines in its original format, like its Alfred Watkins format, is not so implausible, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I don't think that Watkins was like totally well regarded for his work. And I think that was kind of like a little bit of dismissiveness from the scientific community, but also, you know, it's like, I don't know. You had to kind of make some stretches to get there, yeah. but I don't think that like the idea that some of this stuff could end up grouped together is so weird. Um, but the more fantastical stuff like the UFO and the energy grid, I'm not into it as much. So I guess like, um, at the same time, you know, if you feel that way, maybe that does kind of make it real, right? Yeah. So I guess like what I where I'm gonna end up on this is plausible minus minus. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So Okay, that's a lot more negative than I thought you were gonna what? go. <laughs> I fucking made a very surprised face. I was like, oh wow. Oh, well, Jesus. I think there's I think I think okay, if plausible you plausible minus minus. <laughs> no, no. But I like 
This is keeping me from getting even more negative about it, I guess. <laughs> okay. Because Jesus if, Christ. if people feel it, like, it's kind of real in that sense. Sure. But at the same time, like, a lot of stuff has been, like, heaped on this, uh, you know, from historical to more mystical to extraterrestrial. Like, I kind of feel like there's so much other stuff and so much stuff that, you know, like, people used to support it that's just, you know, not necessarily correct. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't, you can't like judge somebody saying I feel different here. Like it's like, okay, so maybe you do. And maybe there's something to that. Like maybe the whole radiation thing, but so there's some reality of it, but then it's like when you start saying like, Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's ancient, like Atlanteans spread across the globe and (laughs) constructed these things. It's like, I don't even understand how they would construct it. Like that doesn't make sense to me, first of all. And then it's like, Oh, and then extraterrestrial crafts use it to power, and it's like it's a magnetic energy flow. Like, and none of that stuff has ever been like demonstrably proven. So I think it's because of all that, like, kind of the junk in this trunk that's that that holds me back from being like, you know, I might as otherwise I might have been like straight plausible if this was just like people saying like, no, you go to these places and you feel different. Like I would say, okay, well, or maybe it's even case confirmed. Then like it's real because people believe it, but. Is real if you make it real. Right. But like because of all the others, you know, the stuff that you can like demonstrate with science that's wrong (laughs) or there's no evidence for, I'm going plausible minus minus. Wow. Well, um, judge me how you will. Hey, you know, I mean, I think a lot of bunk funkers who listen to the show might have guessed that you would go pretty hard on a very spiritual and energy focused. People thought I would be case closed, I'm sure. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I maybe I have been hostile toward people with alternative beliefs in the past. It's true, you've you've come at them with a crossbow. I've seen. <laughs> maybe I've heard a few of them. <laughs> but this is one of those where, like we said, I don't think it hurts anybody. So, like, yeah. if you if you think that the pyramids at Giza have a special energy, it probably does. It's an impressive thing. Like I wouldn't know. I'm not allowed out of this country, but. <laughs> It's probably uh, it's probably quite a sight to behold in person, and it probably does make you feel some sort of way. I would probably feel a, a different way, like looking at it in person, you know. But I don't know that I would be like, "Well, this is obviously some kind of energy pool." Do you feel something special when you're at the stupid fucking Ohio State Stadium watching your guys beat your rivals? I don't know who the fuck <laughs> your rivals are. Yeah, yeah, I think, Texas. I don't I think know. that's true. You get you get wound up. It's it's Michigan. Oh fuck! I knew that. Uh, but yeah, you get kind of, you, you know, you go, you go, there are certain places that we make significant Yes, and they become significant because we make them. So there's nothing to do with anything inherent in it, but we can right. make it so. The so, actual fucking steel structure of that stadium yeah. is not special There's nothing in inherently any way. like memories viewed with any special sort of magical power. So that's where I think this loses me a little bit is when people start to drift away from just like people feel different there. And it's, you know, you've, that's your belief. Like. I'm not going to criticize you for that, but well, I'm going to go straight plausible. Okay. Because I think that's I'm, fair. I'm more into like, I mean, for just the, the, I, I think there is probably some, I don't know if it's some sort of tangible energy, but uh, I do think that like a place of great significance can make you feel better. Even if it is, excuse me, I just burped. Sorry. Oh God. Oh, I was drinking a protein shake earlier. Oh God. It's all over the oh, open face toilet bubble. Oh, bunk tech protein butter. <sighs> Find it in your grocer's aisle. <laughs> it's literally just ground bones. 
Elon Musk has been grinding bones. <laughs> we don't know from what. Um, fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that I guess I struggle with this because I think it's like, yeah, like a, I don't know, like when you go on a fucking vacation to like a really beautiful place and it's it's this site of great significance and you have all the, it does make you feel better. It makes you feel a little refreshed. I don't know. Maybe plausible. I, I guess just straight plausible. That's really what I feel. I it's just like fair. Do I think there's some kind of magical energy line? Maybe uh, between all these different sites, you know? I mean, some people are really in tune with that stuff and nature and they really fucking feel it. And mm -hmm. you can convince your brain of a lot of different things. It's pretty wild. And For sure. Even if it is just the placebo effect, I guess it's still an effect. So, um, but all the other stuff that you mentioned, yeah, I'm not super into that. Like the fucking, well, you know, I feel like it's a separate topic. Almost ancient aliens combined with ley lines is kind of its own amalgamation. We almost need to cover ley lines and a few other things before we get to ancient aliens. It's like, right. you got to cover Atlantis. You got to cover ley lines. You got to cover probably, there's probably some other things there as well. Yeah. Like um, ancient, ancient astronauts is like the big tent. Right. And, and this is like. Ley lines is like a sideshow. <laughs> yes. Um, and us covering it is like the carnival freaks. Yeah, yeah. We're the guys swallowing chickens whole. <laughs> the geeks. What? We're the geeks. <laughs> okay. The circus know. geeks. <laughs> or what, is it biting the heads off of chickens? <laughs> Ooh, Ozzy Osbourne? No, like, what are you talking about? No, the circus geeks. They're swallowing swords. Uh, well. What are the circus geeks? Uh... Like, isn't that a thing that there's, like, people at the circus who, like, eat chickens? <laughs> Andy's like, oh, boy, I'm glad I paid $15 to watch a man eat chicken. <laughs> I could have done this at home. <laughs> Geek show. Geeks. Uh, Geek shows were an act in traveling carnivals and circuses, often part of a larger sideshow. The build performers act consisted of a single geek who stood in the center ring to chase live chickens. It ended with the performer biting the chicken's heads off and Jesus. swallowing them. What the fuck? There, geek shows. How people got their entertainment. I mean, didn't these people have podcasts? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> Geeks were often alcoholics and drug addicts <laughs> and paid with liquor, especially Jesus. during Prohibition. Or oh, my narcotics. God. I mean, honestly, sounds like a great job. Uh, <laughs> what a fucking gig. What a gig, biting the heads off chickens and swallowing them. And you get paid in narcotics. Well, uh, bung fuckers, consider that. The greatest next... show on earth. <laughs> greatest show on earth. Consider that for your next career move. And consider our verdicts for your next uh, social media Your post. next angry rant on social media. Yeah. Let us know what you think about ley lines. Use the hashtag. Uh... Mm. Layla. Uh, yeah, let's just do Layla. Okay. Hashtag Layla. <laughs> but too much time thinking about that. L-E-Y-L-A. Yeah. Uh, -E and Layla. Uh, email us, at gmail.com. Let us mm -hmm. know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, at MrBunkerPod. Um, find us on YouTube, by YouTube searching Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time, or through our website, MrBunkersConspiracyTime.com. You can find a link to all of our new YouTube videos where we're making... Uh, different videos, different animated, edited videos of various topics. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, we're going to start putting episodes up there too. A little surprise 
I don't know if it'll happen by the time this episode airs, but we're going to try to fucking start getting episodes up on YouTube to get some more traction on there and to give you a different way to listen to the show. But also, if you uh, have the means and you want to support the show, find us at patreon.com slash MrBuckerPod. Get access to our Patreon-only show, Andy and Art Debunked, which is um, Andy and I kind of going off the rails, real loose, real fun, uh, debunking various myths, covering various topics, doing fun uh, pop culture kind of episodes. We we did a top nine conspiracy song countdown. Yeah. Conspiracy song countdown. We might have to make it top 10 someday because I think uh, Lana Del Rey is coming out with a Chemtrails album. Oh, really? Wow. The album is called like Chemtrails Over Something. Oh, wow. We'll have to review the whole album for, yeah. for an episode. Or maybe it's a song or something. I don't know. But and anyway, uh, consider supporting us if you have the means and want to do so. We would greatly appreciate it. Whew. Andy boy. Bubble boy. <laughs> what, you got any last words on the uh, fucking ley lines before we flush you down the open face toilet? Ah! No, I think, uh, you know, we said it all. If it makes you feel good, it's fine. But don't be a fucking weirdo about it, okay? Don't be a big and bigger baby. Um, Well, that's it for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my averse. (laughs) That's fair. Oh, Sandy Hart, I'm at Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. I'm dousing here. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.